So we've explored a little bit the message behind the message, the message behind Christmas. What is implied by God in his Son coming to the earth and uh, redeeming us from our sins? We've looked at how God came in such an obscure way to those shepherds on a hillside who uh, were unknown people doing a regular humdrum job. We've looked at how God came uh, and... uh, had a bad reputation in the process of arriving on earth because he was born of a virgin who had not uh, been married at this point. And we looked at how God came in Jesus Christ when he didn't fit into the world because there was no room for for him in the inn. And then we looked at how he came and it was dangerous for him to arrive on this earth because as soon as it was known that he was born, there goes King Herod and goes after him with his soldiers to try to destroy him because he looked to be a competition to Herod himself. These are all messages behind Christmas, but there's something else behind Christmas that we need to consider. This is Colin Cook and How It Happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described normally. We go through the book of Romans, described there how God in his love through us, uh, to us in Christ, has atoned for our sins, has made a way back to the Father, and he plans to do this for the whole world. And that same book teaches us how to believe, how we train our faith, how we trust in God from day to day. So I invite you to join me every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas, or listen online Download a free app, Podbean or SoundCloud, and you can go directly to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash faithquest or faithquest.podbean.com to listen to this broadcast any time of the day or night. Well, as I say, we are looking at this issue, these the, the hidden Uh, truths behind the arrival of God on this planet in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, in his obscure way, his bad reputation. He doesn't fit. He's dangerous. He's in danger. And I applied that to ourselves many times. God wants to identify with us in our obscurity, in our feeling that we don't count for much, in our feeling that we haven't accomplished all our goals and what we thought we might be able to do, in our bad reputation, the, sa- the knowledge that we, we don't have a good history and we would rather people didn't know about it and there are plenty of skeletons in our closet. Well, Jesus was looked upon as a bastard. Did you know that? He was looked upon as an illegitimate child. And the fact that he was born in a stable, uh, why? Because there was no room in the inn. It's the motif of the whole world. There's no room for God. And uh, we many times feel perhaps that we don't fit. And he was in danger. And we are in danger, not from uh, perhaps Christian persecution, but dangers from the world and dangers from the temptations of Satan all the time. And yet God is protecting us just as he did Jesus. 
But now I want to talk to someone who may be the only listener that this bears relevance to. Some people accidentally hit upon this program. I remember some years ago a man driving uh, down the highway just fiddled with the knobs on his uh, um, radio there and turned on to this program and it so happened that I was describing his situation and it led him to Christ. Now, the person I may be speaking to is this person. He'd like to believe, but it all sounds so much fairyland stuff. I mean, the idea that God, the creator of the universe, was born through a woman and into this world as a truly physical human being seems utterly silly. It sounds like a Santa Claus. It sounds like a fairy, a pipe dream. And, uh, you know, he'd like to believe, but it just, it just can't um, cut the mustard for him. He's a rational thinker. You may be one of them. You're a rational thinker. You're an intellectual. You um, simply uh, cannot make head or tails of this. You believe in science, and uh, you believe that things have to be proved. And all of this sounds silly, and yet there's a part of you that looks on at some Christians you know and uh, recognizes that they are joyful Christian people, perhaps um, um, confident, they believe, they are happy, they are peaceful, they don't uh, recriminate or bear grudges, and they try to do good for the people, in, for their community, for their neighbors, and you envy that. And maybe there's a part of you that in childhood, well, mom and dad taught you to believe, and for a while you believed until you sort of grew up and became a teenager and realized that this is all kind of silly. But nevertheless, there is something about faith that intrigues you, but you just can't step over the line. It just doesn't wash with you. There's not enough evidence for it. Well, I want to tell you right away, don't waste your time with evidence. Even though there is a rational argument for the existence of God, even though one could um, intellectually come to believe that there is an intelligent mind behind this incredibly complex universe, when it comes to the idea of God being born in this world, and uh, becoming a man and telling us all about himself and his kingdom and calling him us to himself, there's nothing rational that can prove that to you. That may sound like a disappointment. You were hoping perhaps that I could demonstrate or prove it to you. No, I can't. But I want to tell you this. I know I'm going to quote from Scripture, and you say, well, that's silly, Colin. I don't, I've just told you I don't believe it. Nevertheless, listen, because there is something self-authenticating in Scripture. It speaks for itself. I don't have to speak for it. Here it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 
The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise or the intellectual or the rational? That's a few clauses that I've added there. Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Do you understand that? That through intellectualism and rationalism, people did not arrive at an understanding and knowledge of God. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believed. In other words, God was not going to pander to our intellectualism, to our rationalism, to our call to prove it. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek for intellectualism or wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. You see, the Jews wanted um, miracles. The Greeks wanted intellectual proof. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. You see, then, that people who believe have been called. That's not an, con a conceited statement. It's a statement that suggests that knowledge of God or faith in Jesus Christ comes via something different from rationalism and from uh, intellectualism and proof and science. To those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Look, let me tell you that you believe or live in the presence of a miracle every day. The birth of a child by the union of a man and a woman, the sperm and the ovum, combining together to make life. And for you to believe that there is a human being in that utterly invisible cell that will grow and form into a fully-fledged human is absurd. But you believe it. So don't think that miracles are not happening on a daily basis. But now, how do we then believe? Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, when Jesus came into, uh, it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? The Son of Man? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter, Simon Peter, answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And how do you think Jesus responded to that? He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, 
For flesh and blood, that is natural humanity and intellectualism and rationalism, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And so when you believe that God actually became a human being at the birth of his Son, it is God revealing that to you. It is not you arriving at it by intellect, by rationalism, by scientific research, by a hypothesis that can then be proved. No, it is not. Don't even waste your time. You have to be willing to open your heart to God and make a request. So, what is that request we make from God? Well, you may come before God and ask Him and say, God, I don't know whether you exist or not. I hear about Christmas, I remember the childhood experiences and the fun and the joy of Christmas, but Lord, when I became, but God, if you're there, when I became a teenager, I thought it was a load of rubbish. I just thought it was fairy tales. I thought it was no different from Santa Claus. And I still think that. And yet, dear God, if you're there, I see some Christians that I know, and they seem to have a lot of peace and a lot of positiveness and some happiness in their lives. I'd like to believe. But I'm now learning, as I came across this program, that I can't come to believe by sorting it out and rationalizing, or rather using my reason. I need to come to you, if you're there, God, so this preacher says, Colin Cook, if you're there, would you reveal to me who Jesus, the Son of God, is? Is he the Son of God? Is he God coming to the earth as a man to redeem this world? I don't know whether you're hearing this prayer or not, dear God. I'd like to wish that you are, but I have no clue. I'm praying in the dark, and I'm asking you to let me know who Jesus is.